GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. Hi, DJ. And joining me, my co-host, not guest, <laughs> my co-host, Hovercraft Joe. What's up, LVJ? Thank that? you for that. I didn't do you dirty this time, my friend. You didn't. You didn't introduce me as like joining me this week as like I'm a guest who hasn't been on like pretty much every episode for the past I don't know year and a half. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would say uh, you're definitely the second most tenured person on the show. <laughs> so, uh, and it's just us today. Just the LPJ Hovercraft Joe solo joint uh, was potentially going to be Sphinx, but there was some. some I love. We'll tell the. Up. We'll tell the story because. Uh, it's, it's a great story. It's not a great story. It's a good story, but not a great one, but it's a good story. Well, okay. And I, and I think we should say the, the movie we're doing this week is, uh, Firewalker, uh, which is a Chuck Norris movie. It's our, our third try to Chuck Norris movie. And so we decided to watch it. Uh, I actually brought it up cause I saw it was on Amazon prime, you know, and I watched the trailer and I'm like, this looks interesting. So we, we were like, hey, let's watch it. And I told everyone it was on Amazon Prime. I'm like, but hey, it expires on September 30th. So just so you know. But then, like, by the time Sphinx got around to being able to watch it, it had actually expired. So it wasn't on Amazon Prime anymore. And it is nowhere else. No, it is, like, it's not even not on Amazon Prime. It's not on Amazon. It's not on YouTube. It's not on any other streaming service. It's like the internet erased it from existence. And it's so weird, too, because it's like, all right, I get that it's not on Prime anymore, but why couldn't you still rent it on Amazon? That's what's, like, really wild to me. I don't know. And then, like, in the process of searching for it, I looked up to see where it was streaming, and it said Xfinity, and, and Sphinx has Xfinity. And he texted yeah. me back, and he's like, there are 26 Chuck Norris movies available on Xfinity, but not this one. <laughs> there are That's 26 so Chuck Norris movies. And of those 26, 26 movies available, this is not one of them. I don't don't really I didn't think there were that many Chuck Norris movies. I guess I'm surprised to hear that there's that many. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like there was a period of time when he was just cranking them out like a couple a year. Yeah. Well, so. on this Canon deal. So this movie is like this is a Canon film, you know. Canon everyone film. knows Canon films, cheap low budget movies we'd covered several of them in our past and uh you're right he was on a seven picture deal and this is one of the movies in that deal and uh yeah it's his, it's his first attempt at comedy <laughs> so uh firewalker uh release date on firewalker is november 21st 1986 uh budget on this of eight million dollars and domestic gross only don't have a worldwide so maybe it was released domestic gross 11 million so (laughs) yeah although what's crazy is this is still one of their higher grossing films i know i saw that and i thought that was wild yeah well because uh chuck norris and uh charles bronson were kind of their biggest bankable stars and the maximum either of them ever made was like 16 million on a film and that was um it was one of chuck norris's movies i think it might have been it might have been missing an action or, or something along those lines, but uh, but yeah, gotcha. sixty million is the most he's ever really made. So okay, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look this you up know, because I want to know what it is. Do you want to do you want to take a stab at what the Rotten Tomatoes is? I usually don't have you guess, but this one's kind of fun. So do you want to guess what you think it is? It's got to be twelve percent. Eight <laughs> percent. Wow! Single digits, eight percent for Rotten Tomatoes, and a audience score of thirty-two percent. Wow! So I mean, and I love that. That and I, I gotta tell you, fifteen of that thirty-two percent is gotta be people ironically liking this movie, not actually <laughs> liking this movie. Well, I, I think it's gonna be pretty fun when we get to the end of this, and we try and we we kind of write the Chuck Norris movies we watch because. 
I, I was kind of hoping this would be third time as a charm, but Oof. we'll get into it. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Top grossing movies of 1986. Uh, number one is a film that we've covered on the podcast, or I should say you. I wasn't on the podcast, but uh, Top Gun. Yep. Uh, then you also have Crocodile Dundee. And you also have uh, Platoon, number three, which always surprised me that Platoon was number three, but I mean, because it was a big movie. Yep. Okay, so this movie came in 70th for the year of 1986. Uh, other movies that we've covered from that year on the podcast, number seven, Aliens, number 50, The Delta Force, yep. and number 71, Big Trouble in Little China, which it really hurts my heart that this movie, Firewalker, made more money than Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, like that, oh, that hurts. Like, it hurts real bad. That, and Big Trouble in Little China is one of the movies that's on, like, my list. There's, like, three or four movies that I didn't get to do on the podcast, and that is one that really bums me out that I didn't get to be on for, so. I really wish you would have um, been on because Sphinx hated it. And I was real <laughs> mad that he hated it. What's really funny is most of the ones I didn't get to be on that I kind of wanted to are ones I feel like Sphinx hated, like RoboCop and The Crow. Yeah. And that one. Like, and also Jurassic Park and Batman, which you like. But anyways, right. so uh, 1986 is a year that we've surprisingly hit quite a bit. Like, yeah. I, it's always interesting to me when, because I, I, there's a couple of years I know we've done a lot, but then, like, I kind of get into it. I'm like, oh, there's a decent amount of movies. So um, <laughs> the cast on this is not necessarily like a ton of people right uh it's not i I think oh go ahead sorry it's not a ton of people but the people that are in it are not unknowns like they're all known commodities well you're probably gonna have to help me with some of these people because i didn't know a ton of them obviously you have chuck Chuck norris yep as max donegan and lewis gossett jr as leo porter the two stars of the film uh then uh Patricia Goodwin as Melody Anderson. Is she somebody no, that all the way around? Melody Anderson. Oh, is right. Patricia Sorry. Goodwin. Melody Thank Anderson you. was in. Uh, she was. In, she's been in a lot of TV shows, but uh, she was also in the Flash Gordon movie. She was kind of the lead female star in the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, and I saw that movie recently. I guess I didn't even make that yeah, connection. She's Dale. She's Dale Arden in that. Um, yeah, but she's been in a lot of like um, a lot of a lot of TV shows, mostly TV shows. Okay. The only other person that stood out to me, and then I'll let you take over, was obviously John Ray Davies yep. as Corky Taylor, uh, Sala in the Indiana Jones movies, Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. So he was really the only other one to me that was like a known quantity. But you are the king of character and unknown actors, so I'm sure you must know some of these other people. The other big one was Sonny Landham, who okay. Sonny Landham is in, uh, we just talked about him in Predator. He was the guy in Predator who they had to have the Wrangler for. Oh right, he was the he was the guy that was like uh, he was the, the, head, the, the, he was the was villain the... in this movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the guy in Predator, the guy that's like, well, "This is." He's like, "You're not scared of any man." He's like, "This is no man." And yeah. he gets like killed off screen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. I didn't even make that connection, but uh, now that you tell me, I'm like, oh, okay, 100. percent That's yeah. who it was. Yeah. Nice. So he, he's the only other big one that's in this, uh, and not, obviously not even that big, but. Big, big to me. Well, still, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So, we talked about the cast. Let's. I have a couple networks for you. Let's run through them real quick. Sure. Uh, what do you think for uh, John Ray's Davies? Um, twenty-five. Oof. Five million. Oh, that's you know what? That's yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think for Lewis Gossett Jr.? Ah, he's done a lot of stuff. And I believe he's won an Academy Award. Uh, I'm going to go... You know what? I'll say 25 for him also. Three, three million. Really? <laughs> yeah. according, to the, according to the website where I get all these numbers, he only has three oh, million. He was, he was, he was great. Did you, did you watch Watchmen on HBO? No, I didn't get to see that, actually. Oh, I've, heard, of it. I've heard really great. good things about it, it. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Right. And not just because I like Watchmen, but like in general, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. And he's right. Well, you know, me, you know me. I'm not a huge Watchmen fan, so right. uh, just in general. But um, I'll to, I'll to find a way to check it out. Anyways, finally, Chuck Norris, who we've obviously done before. What do you think for good old Chuck Norris? I remember he was making a decent amount of money. 
Uh, I'll say 120. A little high. Well, actually, a lot high. Uh, 70 million dollars for Chuck Norris. Yeah, okay. Well, but I don't know. He doesn't. I don't think he makes movies anymore. No, he Does retired. He... He's also like okay. 80. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he is. He is pretty old. So he's. Let's see. I'll look it up right now. He looks. He looks old now. He's. He's eighty. He is exactly eighty. Uh, oh, geez. Okay, so he is super old. So he's not making any action movies. Probably the last thing he did was when he was in The Expendables two or yeah. three. Uh, two. Like, he was I, in two. I wouldn't be surprised if because there's an upcoming Walker Texas Ranger reboot. I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up as a cameo. But that's probably the last thing he'll do. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Jared Padalecki of mm-hmm. uh, Supernatural fame is doing a yeah. Okay, so uh, as far as like the credits on this, um, director Jay Lee Thompson. I couldn't really find anything about him. I don't know if he had anything interesting about him at all, but I didn't didn't seem to be a name that uh, I really knew. Well, he's he's an older director, so like he um, he stopped directing in like 1989, but his big movies were Guns of Navarone. Um, okay yeah and the original cape fear oh that's right i did see that and i did think that was interesting and i'm like whoa i'm like that movie came out in like the 60s so yeah so he he directed those two and then he directed a lot of other stuff too he directed um like a bunch of the uh planet of the apes movies um a lot of the movies for he directed a bunch of canon films um okay so he he's he's been around like he did a lot of stuff did a lot of work, just maybe not a just ton of earlier. Like he he died. Um, when did he die? He died. He died in two thousand two, but he had retired in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so like he made this movie, and then he's like, "I'm out." Pretty, basically, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so as far as like the writers, the story on this is by Robert Gosnell, Jeffrey Rosenbaum, and Norman. Alajem, I probably butchered that. Alajem, uh, sure. with, <laughs> with a screenplay by Robert Gosnell. So, and I didn't really, uh, none of those rang a bell with me either. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't think they're like household names or anything. No, I honestly, I think they're probably like canon, um, canon group, like house writers or whatever they are. Yeah, because I did see that, like, basically, like Chuck Norris decided that he wanted to like make a comedy. Uh, I think he wanted to write it, but then they they recommended that uh, that Robert Gosnell to him to kind of like yeah. make this script, and then he then he went on and decided to because um, I think initially the script was not a comedy, no, and they kind right. of they they showed him it, and then they decided to turn it into more of a comedy. Yeah, because at that time, and that's kind of what the, what the big issue with this film is, critics wise is at the time this movie came out, you had, um, like, Romancing the Stone was super popular, had just come out, uh, the Indiana Jones movie. Um, you had uh, films that were kind of in this vein. Yeah, like, um, uh, I, I, and I, like Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee, like, yeah. It's like a vibe like that, yeah. And so it's not so super that, original. No, <laughs> it's not at all. Everything in this movie is basically stolen from something else. And... Um, so they had this idea for the movie and they're like, okay, well, we've got this movie that's playing on all the tropes of these other popular movies. Let's take it, make it a comedy for Chuck Norris is essentially what it was. Makes sense. Did it pan out? Mm. We'll let you, you'll find <laughs> out by the end of this episode. Um, okay. So, and then the, the, the composer on this was uh, a guy named Gary Chang. Music on this, I don't think was anything special. Again, uh, he had like eighty credits to his name, but nothing that really jumped out yeah. to me. I mean, so. he did Under Siege and <laughs> The Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh wow! Sniper, which is a uh, which is a good movie. Tom Berenger Sniper. Yeah, Tom Berenger Sniper. He's a uh, right. he collaborates with with John Frankenheimer a lot. Okay, all right. So he's done stuff, but he's, he's done just stuff, not- but he's not. You know, he's no Hans Zimmer. <laughs> he's no um uh what's the what's the avengers guy uh oh, i can't think of his shoot. name now yeah uh, he's, he's, he's not he's no that guy <laughs> he's he's no that guy so um yeah uh i don't know if you had anything else specifically you wanted to talk about uh about the making of or behind the scenes before we get into kind of the plot of this but um, um i mean i will say this like 
John Rice Davies being in this movie is very strange to me because <laughs> he had just got done making Indiana Jones. This is a direct Indiana Jones ripoff. Right. He's also in another canon film in this same kind of style called King Solomon's Mine. He basically, throughout the 80s, just was in these types of movies. <laughs> and it seemed really strange to me that he would do that back to back to back. Because I, I didn't look at his filmography, but it seemed like that's what he was doing. Just making the same movie, being in the same movie year after year after year. Well, yeah, and he, he really stood out to me in this one because I'm like, oh, I'm like, he's like doing like an American accent. And he had like a Poorly. weird thing. He had a big weird earring for some reason, and I could not, I, I could not figure out his character in this movie at all. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Uh. Or, or even why is he even in the movie? <laughs> like, I feel like the scenes with him and him, they they don't really serve a purpose per se. No, um, not really. But I feel like maybe they just needed to pad out the time a little bit. I don't know. Probably. So, but yeah. He, he found a niche, I guess, in the 80s, and he was just like, I'm going to play this guy. But obviously, he was not going to do any better than when he played Salo because bad dates, right? Yeah, because Salo's great. <laughs> this guy? Uh-uh, not great. Corky? You don't mm, like Corky? Not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of uh, Americanized uh, John Rice Davies. That's fair. Uh, how do you feel about him in uh, Dwarf form? I like him. Not bad. All right, cool. Okay, so Firewalker, here we go. Start right off, boom, you got the classic Canon logo, which is like, you know you're going to be in for something when you see that Canon logo. Oh, yeah. Whether it's going to be good or bad, you don't know, but you definitely know you're in for something. Yeah. Well, um, you, hold on. You know it's going to be bad, but you don't know if it's going to be good bad or just bad bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would actually... And we'll talk about it when we get into it. I would say that this actually has its own category. It does. That you listed. And I, I don't know what you're thinking, but I will let you know what it is when we get to the end of this. All right. Okay. So uh, introduced to Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. They're in the desert. They're being chased. They're on like a dune buggy. There's bad guys chasing them. It's a Chuck Norris movie. So the bad guys are bad racial stereotypes. Chasing oh, big them. time. There's, there's a lot of racial stereotypes in this movie. Yeah, because that's what Chuck Norris's movies do. Uh, they also carry on the great uh, tradition of all these Chuck Norris movies of having people speak a foreign language and not giving you subtitles of what they're saying. Nope, I think it costs too much. They're like, nope, they're just going to talk and we'll say in the subtitles, speaking Spanish or whatever. Um, so they're getting chased by these guys. They crash their Jeep into an oasis. Um, which is, you know, really random. I, I did kind of like that scene where they tie him to the ground, like in the desert. Yeah. They're like, uh, like that, that was cool. Like, that's like, like, like we didn't talk about our memories of this movie, I guess really too. And I had never seen this movie before. There was some like imagery in it, some stuff in it that like stuck out. Like that was something I seemed to recall. I don't know if I'd yeah. seen the trailer when I was younger or whatever, but I, this is my first viewing of it. I really just like happened to see the trailer on you know like when you watch something on prime and it's like other movies you might like and it was down there and i i was like oh i think i've heard of that before and i watched the trailer and that's kind of how it came to me but I, for some reason that scene of them like strapped to the ground yeah like i, I remember that for some reason i, I had well i have uh, a, a not necessarily a more vivid memory of it but i distinctly remember seeing parts of this film like okay i don't know where it was at i don't know why i would assume it was probably like like one of the so before we have we had a local TV station here um before it was like before it was CW before it was UPN it was just like Fox 50 and they would show mm -hmm. a movie in the afternoon and i have a distinct memory not distinct but i have a memory of this movie being on in the afternoon one one summer and catching part of it and then um knowing it existed after that <laughs> This movie does reek of something you'd see on like Channel Twenty on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, like yep. in the middle of the day. Like this, this movie reeks of that. So I, hundred percent, hundred percent believe that. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure that's where I saw parts of this at. That makes sense, and maybe that's where I saw parts of. It. Maybe that's why some of it seemed familiar to me. But um, so they're tied up in the desert. They they're tied up by this like that introduces villain. It's like, he's the general. And it's like, almost like we're supposed to know who he is. Like this is a sequel to a movie well, that we haven't seen. And that's the crazy part. Like the whole, the beginning of the movie basically starts like, 
the beginning of the movie is essentially the end of another movie. <laughs> yeah, because they're being chased by these guys, and they introduce the general as the villain, and he's like familiar with them, and like he's he's mad at them for something they did to him before. Uh, and it is really weird. He has a big scar on his face, and apparently they gave him the scar on his yeah. face. Like this whole movie feels like a sequel to a movie that never happened. <laughs> it's true. So they're going to leave him there in the desert to die. Uh, and they're tied down. And just to like really rub it in, they give him this bottle of like Perrier, I think. They put it in Chuck Norris's hand. Yeah. And they leave. But then Chuck Norris just like breaks the bottle with his hand. Yep. And he like, he uses it to escape. He uses the glass to uh, cut, the, cut rope. the rope. Yeah. And, th- and then they make it. And then they, they kind of show him walking into the desert. And then the next scene is like they're at a bar. And I couldn't tell, like, how connected this bar and the desert were. Is this supposed to be sometime later, like, back in the U.S.? Or did they just walk out of the desert right into this bar? Where is this desert at? A lot of these questions go unanswered, and I really wasn't sure. No idea. I would assume I would assume that this bar is in whatever country this desert is in. Okay. And they just make it there, like, later okay. on. So, it, it, so then we're kind of, like... We get them at the bar, Lewis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris kind of talking about all the adventures and stuff. They're not very successful, like, treasure hunters. Let me ask you this kind of right off the bat, because this is kind of, I I think, a key thing about the movie. How did you feel about the interaction between, like, Chuck Norris and Lewis Gossett Jr.? Like, do you think they worked well as kind of that buddy vibe, or was it not working for you? How do you think they pulled it off? You know, no, I I thought they were good together. Like, I thought they had good chemistry. I I bought that they were buddies and that... They had a history together. I didn't mind them. I thought of the problems in this movie, they were not one of them. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with you 100 percent because I, I really did kind of like I like their back and forth. And I think yeah. they did a good job of like playing characters of people who have kind of spent a lot of time together and just like know each other really well and have like a lot of back backstory and stuff like that. So I think that I think you, I agree with you like that. That part of it. A lot, like you said, a lot of things don't work in this movie, but I think that their kind of interaction and relationship did work pretty yeah. good. And, and that's one of the things that disappointed me is I liked the two of them together and I liked their characters. I wish those characters and those actors were in a better movie. Yeah, I, I, I 100%, and we'll get into it more, but I agree with you. Uh, so we're introduced to um, Patricia. She shows up at the bar. I like when she talks to the bartender and she has to see the the wine list and he's like, yeah, we got red or white. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's looking for like someone and, and he points them in the direction of uh, Louis Gossett Jr. And Chuck Norris or Leo and Max. Uh, she has a treasure map that she found. No, I can't uh, figure out why does he, I, this is the, I, why is the bartender point them out? Like, it I, seems I, like, I don't know. It seems like he's pointing them out because they're terrible at what they do. Yeah, it is kind of confusing. And again, another part of this, it seems like it's like, was this explained in a in a movie before? Like their relationship with a bartender and why? Like, I because like I got the vibe and maybe I'm wrong about this, but it was like a whole bar full of like treasure hunters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it was like a treasure like, hunter's yeah. bar. And, um, and I think that was the impetus for her going to that particular bar is it's a known like treasure hunter bar yeah and i got i got and I, but i do get that vibe too that he almost pointed it out to him because he's like oh these guys suck go find go talk to them or something but yeah. it's never it's, it's it's never touched on or explained so no. um so basically she has this treasure map she wants to help them she wants them to help her find the gold says that they'll split it 50 50 if they can find it um, and then like a dude with a crossbow shows up at the bar and starts shooting at them with the crossbow. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause like, yeah. Did they, fo- so they, that guy followed her, right? Yeah. Cause I think she says that people have been after or whatever. And so he just shows up at the bar with a crossbow, which seems like a, not the best weapon to use if you're trying to murder people in an age where guns and stuff exist, but you know, who, who am I to yep, judge you know. crossbow guy? So immediately like cut, to like they, they escape the crossbow guy and then they're on horseback. And I'm like, wait, they're on horseback now? And who is this other guy with them? There's just like a fourth guy with them. But then immediately it's like, oh, he's like their guide, I guess, that's leading them to the first part right. of this this treasure hunt. But then they get to this location, it's some kind of like savior location, and the guy freaks out and he leaves. Um, so they climb to the top of this mountain. 
Uh, and then they're going to go into the cave, and she says this really weird thing, too, where she's like, oh, there might be old people when they're sleeping. And I'm yeah, like, like, what is that line? Like, I don't... Where is this cave at? Does it mention? Like... I don't know where any the beginning of this movie. I, I imagine it was either. I, I imagine it was supposed to either be in like the the southwestern oh. like United States yeah. or like Mexico or something. It's a it's a a cave on a local North American reservation. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So um, they, they they're walking around this cave. There's like a room full of skeleton. Uh, they they get into this one room and Chuck Norris pulls up this like skeleton or this it, it's a skull. skull. And, it, and it's like eyes glow red, which is really weird. So he drops it and then he drops it and he picks up like this knife, like this gold dagger, which is like, there's no way that dagger was in that skeleton head. Like the sizes don't compute, right? Right. Um, so then there's like, there's like a mural on the wall and there's a weird thing where like, they're taking like Polaroid pictures of themselves yeah. in front of the map and stuff, which is like, I'm not really sure why, but then, um, then Crossboy, Crossboy. Crossbow guy shows up again, uh, and there's all these other like like Indian warriors that show up and like full headgear and stuff, and like we learn like which is kind of like a joke that like Chuck Norris he's like a really bad shot with a gun because he's like trying to like he's trying to shoot him, and it's really lame because like he fires I think it's like the last bullet, and there's like these terrible like ricocheting like sound oh effects. It ricochets so many times. It ricochets seriously. It, it was probably ricocheting for thirty seconds conservatively yeah. maybe a full like, minute it's like the worst bullet sounds bing 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 it's like yeah. so ridiculous um but he ends up killing the indian warrior guy uh and the crossbow guy punches patricia in the face and is like going to like think like throw her off the top of the mountain but then he sees the dagger and he gets really scared so then he jumps off the mountain yeah and kills he's just like okay the dagger's there i guess i'm gonna jump <laughs> Yeah, because, like, and I don't even think it's full. Like, he's, I guess, trying to protect the treasure or what? I don't know. A crossbow guy, we don't get a lot of I think they were mad because they were in the cave. Not so much because they were protecting the treasure, but because the cave is, like, a sacred burial ground. And they were were there without permission. Why was he scared of the dagger? I don't know, (laughs) because it was shiny. I got nothing. All right. So then they go to see Tall Eagle. Tall Eagle. Oh, boy. They bring Tall Eagle a, a, a bottle of booze, which I, is probably offensive. Super racist uh, again. Um, because he's like, a, I guess he's like a, like a medicine man, a or shaman, like a, yeah, a shaman or something, a Native American shaman. He's he's extremely tall. I understand why he's called Tall Eagle. His proportions are really weird. Um, he gets he gets their help. They say that they're going to give him the they're going to give his tribe twenty percent of anything they find. Um. And he kind of tells him the story about the Firewalker, name of the movie, who is like an Aztec priest. Um, and, and they kind of explain like all the stuff. I don't know. It's like evil spirits. And I, he was trying to harness some power. And I, I don't I didn't really get it. They don't. This movie's too cheap. So they'll give you a flashback. I don't, I don't really remember exactly what's going on with the Firewalker. Yeah, there's not, no, I mean, it, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find it. Uh no, I have nothing here about that. Um, okay. No, there's nothing. It's just like he's magic. He's, he's strong. He's uh, got some he, kind he, of like can walk through the sun. Yeah, he was trying to harness the power of the sun or something weird. I don't know. He had a lot of gold. He hit it. He was called the Firewalker. That's really. I mean, it, we sound like we don't know what we're talking about, but the movie doesn't really give you a lot to go off yeah. of with it. So it basically, it essentially, the story gives you the title of the movie. That's really it. Right. Um, so then, like, <laughs> this that sequence to me is very strange, because we're introduced to Eyepatch Guy, who's your boy from Predator. Yep, Sonny um, Landon. And he's, like, doing some, like, um, weird, like, ritual with a snake, right? Um, so, like, they're at their, like, hotel or boarding where they're staying, and, like, this, like, random, like, Indian lady shows up. And like kisses Chuck Norris after he drinks like a potion, I think. She drugs him. And um I think I think she is the snake. Yes, she's a hundred percent the snake. So she she drugs Chuck Norris and kisses him, and then she's gonna stab him, but like 
Patricia comes in the room and like, cause I think they imply that the, uh, the shaman tall eagle like wakes her up. Yeah. Well, I, that's th- I think Patricia has some kind of magic connection to the treasure or something. There's some, kind of, there's some kind of psychic connection that she has with something. It's definitely hinted at and talked about, but not explained. So, oh. I so she saves Tuck Norris from the Indian lady, but then Louis Gaza Jr. has to save her from the Indian lady. Yeah. They lock the in, they lock the Indian lady in like a room, but then when they go to see her again, that's when she like had turned back into the snake because she's like in the rafters, yeah, um, like hanging out as a snake. So the, all of this leads them that they need to go to San Miguel, uh, which I guess uh, San Miguel a real place? Probably not, right? That was a dumb question. No, I think it might be. I don't know where <laughs> it is exactly, but. So something in Central America somewhere. I don't know. Uh, you well, anyways, I'll look it up. Okay, so they go to San Miguel. They're staying at this, like, crappy hotel. Um, and then they're like, hey, we're going to go out to dinner. And they're trying to get in this bar. And for some reason, like, they don't want to let him in the bar. So Louis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris had to beat up the guys to get into the bar, which was like, what is that? Like, I don't understand what the point of that scene is. Oh, yeah. Um, San Miguel. San Miguel is a municipality in the city of San Miguel de Allende in uh, the eastern part of Guanajuato, Mexico. So it's in Mexico. Oh, okay. So it's a real place. So they uh, they beat up the guys to get into the bar for some reason. I don't know why. There's more weird talk where, like, again, like you said, like Patricia's talking about like visions she had of like maybe of the future, and it's 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 trying to like get this like mystical vibe, but it doesn't fully work. I don't think. Um, they talk to some random old dude who may or may not be the guy that played Mr. Pitt on Seinfeld, which is a very specific reference. But if you're familiar with Seinfeld and you're listening to this, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, he gives them some information, uh, and then, like, they end up getting in a fight with this big dude at the bar, uh, and, like, Chuck, Chuck, I think originally, I kind of did like this part, because Louis Gossett Jr. is like, oh, I'll, I'll get him, but he, he gets beat up pretty bad, so Chuck Norris has to jump in and ends up, like, beating up the entire bar of people. <laughs> yeah, because it's literally the only karate in the whole movie. Uh, that's really all Chuck Norris does in this movie is that little bit of karate. I think he does a little bit more maybe when he's fighting the guys in like the uh, the cornfield or whatever it was. I think he does might he? do some kicks and stuff there. But oh, yeah, this, yeah, is not, right. this is not like a karate heavy movie. This is no. like a very, this is like, well, we got to have a scene where he does karate. So he just beats up like the entire bar of people. Yeah. Um, and then they leave and they're all having a good time. Okay. So then um, Eyepatch Guy is talking to the guy that may or may not be Mr. Pitt because they're working together. And it's so <laughs> random because the Eyepatch Guy's just like reading a comic book. Like, it was so weird to me that he's just like talking to him and he's like reading this comic book. And then he ends up killing him, killing the guy that may or may not be Mr. Pitt. Because like, I think they were working together and he wanted to give them bad information or he just wanted to know what he told them. I don't, I didn't really get what was yeah, going I, on. I didn't understand that either. Okay, well, as long as we're in agreement on that. Okay, so Chuck Norris and uh, Patricia and uh, Louis Gossett Jr., they have to get deeper into the country to get to where they need to go, and I guess it's like a really protected area. So they have to they disguise themselves as like priests and a nun to sneak on this train. Well, it's not so much that it's protected. It's just like it's controlled by the militia that's there. And okay. they don't want any kind of outsiders in to, to mess got with it. what they've got. Okay, so they're they're in these disguise. Chuck Norris is like drinking and smoking a lot in the priest outfit, which I thought was kind of funny because I'm like, I'm like I don't feel like that's a bad way to uh, the, to keep your cover. Um, so soldiers board the train, or maybe they're the the mercenaries. I don't know. And they just like they're asking for people's papers, and then they like straight up murder this dude. Yeah, they just kill him. But, but then like. This scene is very confusing to me because then they're like, like, they think they're the priests, so they bring him out to do like the last rites. And the scene is like being played for comedy. But in theory, at the time, we're believing that there's a man who's just been murdered and there's like his widow crying over him. And like, it's very weird. But then, like, uh, it turns out that the guy's not dead and it was just like a superficial wound. But like, he got just like shot point blank in the chest. So I don't, I don't really understand like, that whole sequence. Yeah, I don't. And then doesn't she find his papers at the end? 
Yeah, well, after they think he's dead, she, the, his wife's like, oh, we have the papers, we have the papers. So, so then, but then they're like, oh, well, like, you know, do the last rites, but then, like, it turns out he's not dead. It's it's all played and for comedy. And they think he saved him. They think, they, they think that he saved yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, they think they saved him. So, but, and, like, even the soldier's like, oh, you know, like, he's really happy about it. But it's just, it's just, it's just for comedy, but I, it, it obviously does not work. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird scene. Um. Okay. So they uh, they get off the train. They go to this town that they're supposed to be at to meet their contact, and it's like it's trash. A bunch of soldiers show up um, and chase them through the banana fields. I like the fact that one of the soldiers is just walking around with a bottle of booze, yeah, and like just swigging out of the booze. And then he like catches Patricia, and I'm pretty sure it's implied that he's gonna like rape her. Or something, oh yeah, he, totally. Like, he starts under his pants. <laughs> Yeah, he like drops his pants on the ground. What is this movie even rated? Uh, I would guess. I mean, eighty six. I don't even know. I have a PG thirteen at most, but maybe just PG. I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't even catch that. I didn't even pay attention. I mean, it's not R for sure, but no, it's definitely not R. But yeah, I don't know. Huh. So uh, they they end up getting captured, all of them, uh, after they escape, like the soldiers. And it's like this big thing where you think they're going to get their heads cut off. But then it's like, oh, it was kind of a joke because these guys work for uh, Jean Ray Davies' character, Corky. Um, and I think that the um, what we're told is that him and Chuck Norris served in Vietnam together. I think Yeah, they were, they were Marines together. And were they the only two to make it out of their platoon alive or something? Yes, I believe that's the story they tell. Oh, and you know what? This movie is rated PG. Yeah, way, I just saw that. Act- because my next note is that there's a lot of drinking in this PG movie. And they're yes. just, like, chugging out of bottles and smoking. And all. There's, this whole scene in, like, his camp is just seems to be, like, a lot of them drinking and telling stories. There's also that wild scene where him and John Rhys Davies are throwing knives at an yeah. apple on top of a guy's head while they've been drinking a lot. Like, this is weird. This is, like, a... This is a straight-up, like, Apocalypse Now situation, it seems like, where John Rhys Davies has left the military and Mm -hmm. set himself up like a private militia in the middle of the uh, South American uh, or Central American like jungle. Yeah, it's so weird. And like, I even have a note that's like, why does this scene exist? Like, I don't feel like this goes anywhere or it's it's just like, they're like, ah, well, this would be kind of fun. And we need a little more of this movie because really it doesn't like genre Davies gives like this, like, weird like monologue speech almost and then he like slams an entire bottle of booze it's so weird like i don't know why it's in this movie yeah and i can't figure out if he's a villain or not like i think he's probably a bad guy i think he's a bad guy like in general but i think he's friends with chuck norris i That's think he's I like think. Yeah, yeah. i don't think he's doing i think he's genuinely helping them but i think in like actuality he's like a gun runner doing something with drugs or so he's probably not a good guy in general but he's right. actually helping them no, I, yeah i think you're right i think he's uh he's on the wrong side of the law but he's helping them so he's a good guy in the context of what they need but he's a bad guy overall right which what okay. does that make so them the- does that make them good guys or bad guys <laughs> i don't know i don't know um so the next morning they're getting ready to leave and they give him what Seems to be, I don't know, like a VW camouflage VW bug. Oh, totally. That's that's what it is. To drive through the jungle. And then they throw like a pig and some chickens in the car when they're leaving. Which is so weird. Like, that's so weird, but not even that. Like, how impractical is it? Like, even some of the scenes where they're driving that car through the jungle, it's literally like they're just. It's not like they're on a road or anything. They're just like driving it through trees and you can't see anything. And I'm like, so dumb. Like, like, why is this the vehicle though? They have a Jeep or something they can give them. Yeah. I don't know. And, and yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't Horses would probably be the best thing. Yeah. Cause it's like, they're not, it's not like they have like a machete or they're clearing the way. They're literally nope. just like driving just through, through the jungle. Thick jungle. Um, so they end up like in front of a, a river, I think it is like yeah. a, like a river and they're going to make camp. And so they have dinner. And I also thought this was really weird that they have like a full set of dishes. There's like a full <laughs> set of China, like dishes. 
Yeah, a full, and then so they get done eating, and and, and Lewis Casa Jr. is like, "All right, I'll go wash the dishes." <laughs> so he's got this full set of dishes that he's washing in the river, um, and then they they hear like some noise, and someone's going on, and they think he's dead. They think maybe a crocodile or a gator got him or something because yeah. he's gone. And Chuck Norris is like, he's really upset about it, like because they're buddies, and like he's, he he wants to go back, but like she convinces him to keep going on with the quest. So like the next morning they get up. And they continue to drive the car through the jungle, and then they're like, "Oh, I think I can cross the this VW bug, the river. This seems like a good place to cross the river." But then, like, it immediately sinks. Oh yeah, it is a it is a straight up Oregon Trail situation here. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> oh yeah, and then like, there's supposed to be that little funny bit where it's like, "Oh, Chuck Norris, he can't really swim," and he kind of does like a little doggy paddle and stuff. And yeah. it's like, what was that all about? Like, he just can't swim. I think that, like, it maybe it didn't play well to us, and it probably didn't play well to anyone, but I think what it's supposed to be is, like, Chuck Norris is known for all these, like, masculine, like, yeah. action movies. No, that makes it's sense. So good. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's funny, he can't shoot a gun very well, and he can't swim, he kind of swims in, like, a funny doggy paddle and stuff like that, so I think it's just supposed to, like, play against type for him. You're supposed to see it and be like, oh, it's funny, because normally in a movie, Chuck Norris would be, like, the best at everything, right, and it's right. funny. Yep. So... Anyways, okay, so they find the table, they find the temple. Uh, this this temple has all these secret passages, the doors are shut, but then they find one that's open and they go into a room, and it turns out that Leo, Louis Gossett Jr., is still alive. Uh, he's hanging from the ceiling, eye patch guy has him captured, and he's hanging from boiling water? Question mark? It's like a geyser or something. Maybe it's boiling like acid water i don't know i don't know it hurts whatever it is yeah so he's like he's like hey he's like i'm gonna kill Louis gossett jr i need patricia i'm gonna sacrifice her to gather the power of the firewalker is what he says so what did, that he, power is. did he specifically <laughs> need her i think so because that raises a lot of questions because then it's like well if he did specifically need her. Why didn't he try and kidnap her from the camp when he took Louis Gossett Jr.? Yeah. And if he didn't specifically need her, why didn't he just sacrifice Louis Gossett Jr. when he had him? Yeah. Or or, or somebody else. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work to capture Louis Gossett Jr. just to hang him from a ceiling to capture somebody else. Oh, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, so uh, I do like when Chuck Norris tries to throw the dagger at him and like uh, eye patch guy just like... Yeah catches it uh out of the air did, he, did his uh, eye patch switch eyes at one point it did i read that in the butt in the butt in like the like some of the making of it there's like it's on different eyes depending on the scene yeah <laughs> i was watching. like okay is the eye patch there just for show is it just like a ritualistic I think it thing was, i think it was just a goof and that they just probably forgot and they're just like ah whatever um so then they're then they're both like hanging from the rope and like they're like they're trying to swing to get, and I, I kind of actually like that yeah. scene a little bit. I think it was fun. The I stuff a, with Chuck Norris and Louis Gass Jr. was all really good. But I do have a question because I keep getting the ledges, and then like just as they get there, these like stone doors are closing. I'm like, who's who's closing these doors, and why are they closed like so well timed? And like just before the person's about to go through them, and then they're like, and they shut down. I just, it's, I just, I don't it's get dumb. it. At I don't know. Um, so he's getting ready to sacrifice Patricia. And like uh, Chuck Norris shows up and he gets a good shot and he shoots Eye Patch Guy like an Eye Patch Guy is dead. Uh, they find the gold because it's in a room like underneath the, uh, the, the, the uh, like altar where they're gonna sacrifice her. They're loading up a uh, a bunch of gold and like all right, but oh no, it turns out Eye Patch Guy is not dead. He survived being shot in the chest. But then, um, but then Patricia stabs him with the gold dagger. Yep. They beat him. I think Chuck Norris kicks him a lot or something. They Probably. end up beating him. And then he, like, catches on fire. He, like, spontaneously Yeah, that, like, just out of nowhere. Like, he bursts into flames. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. They, like, walk out, and he's, like, on the altar in flames. Um, cut to what is supposed to be Fiji. Uh, they're all hanging out. Because uh, Lou Gossett Jr. earlier in the movie, he's talking about how he wants to buy a sailboat with the money if yeah. they get it. So there's, like, a sailboat. They're all hanging out in this weird, like, restaurant that's, like, built into a cliff, and it, it's very it's very strange. Uh, but they're having a good old time, and then, like, 
the last shot of this movie, again, is so bizarre, is that they cut to the bar of this fancy restaurant, and who should be disguised as a bartender but the general from the beginning of the movie yep. with the big face power. He's like looking at it menacingly, like they were like, yeah, there's going to be a sequel to this movie. We have a good feeling about it. Um, and then it like, it. that's it. That's the end. That, that's totally it. Uh, that bar is real. That place is real. It's just not in Fiji. Okay. Yeah, that is a real actual location. It. It's somewhere in, it's saying it. it's somewhere in Mexico. Yeah, which makes sense because they, they filmed, the whole movie was filmed in Mexico. Yeah. I'm assuming it was just a location that they used to uh, to describe to you know disguise as Fiji, but yeah, it's a really weird kind of ending because you definitely could tell that they were like, this this is probably going to be a franchise. We're probably going to make at least one more of these, so we're gonna. It has that very kind of like open ended. Hey, we're definitely going to do a sequel, which based on like uh, the talk about how it did for a canon film, it and Chuck Norrisman would perform pretty well. I'm surprised that it didn't end up having a sequel. Well, that was a thing right after this movie canon group went into receivership and they ended up filing for bankruptcy oh so okay. this was like one of the one of the last like movies they did before they uh ended up having to sell um but they th- and that, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they this budget was larger than what they give to most of their films okay like it was what did you say eight million uh, yeah, $8 million. Yeah, so most of their films were, like, under $5 million. So you pay $8 million for a movie that makes $11 million that doesn't include any kind of marketing. And they obviously did some kind of marketing for this because it went wide yeah. release. Um, yeah. So they probably didn't make any money on it. It probably – they probably lost money on this. Yeah, I mean, with that budget and that thin, you know, box office goes of $11 million, you throw in some P&A and a few other things and you're – probably barely breaking even you're probably right about that um we don't usually get into specific uh like critical reviews but i i had this one that i thought we really need to yeah i know which one you're talking about go ahead is this the one the the siskel and ebert one yes okay so they they both siskel and ebert gave it thumbs down uh siskel said firewalker is one of the most derivative films in years imitating elements of raiders of the lost ark and romancing the stone he went on saying he believed the movie was probably signed as a deal one month after the grosses started coming in for Romancing the Stone. And that was where the creativity stopped. <laughs> uh, Ebert said he would have tried to make a movie that didn't look like all those other adventure movies, but cheap, watered down, pale, and uninteresting in his print review for Firewalker. <laughs> yeah, he did not like this movie. And honestly, no. he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's so yeah, much of this uh, movie that is that is everything else from every other movie. It's yeah, it's it's definitely not original. No. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's 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 really weird. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think that I was like, I think I honestly was maybe expecting more of this. I feel like every time we've gone into a Chuck Norris movie. Every time I've been like, this is this is probably going to be the one. This is going to be the one that it's like finally is like breaks the Chuck Norris curse, and that it's like it's just a good movie. But I don't think it's it. <laughs> no, this is not it. Like this is outside of the relationship between Louis Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris. There's really nothing great in this movie. Like no, and I. It, and you would say, and this is where, I mean, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into ratings, but you said that like a Chuck Norris movie, we didn't know if it was going to be bad, bad, or yeah. bad, good. I would say that this, the category for this one is bad, boring. Cause I thought this movie was boring. Yeah. Uh, like not necessarily as boring as the Delta force, but this movie is considerably shorter so I think that that worked in its favor, but like nothing in this movie is very exciting. Like it, it it's all like, it, like the review says it's very derivative. It's nothing you haven't seen before, but it's like all that stuff done. Not as well as it is in other ways you've seen it done. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly right. Like it's not, it's bad. It's bad, bad, but it's not like bad, bad. It's like bad, you kind of don't feel like finishing it bad. Not this yeah. is so bad. I need to see how bad it gets. 
Right. It's not like a fun. It wasn't fun, but it was. It's like I said. I to me, most of it, I was just bored. Yeah, I was bored. I agree. It, like, I I wish they were in a better movie. Like, yeah, if you took those like, two characters and put them in a better movie, I would have a much better time. I agree. I agree because I feel like the setup and the characters are interesting. Yeah. But then I feel like they kind of just half-assed it the rest of the yep. way, where they just like they're just like, yeah, like I don't know, like. I feel like it could have been if they had invested a little more into the script, maybe a little more into the production. It could have maybe been something interesting, yeah. but like even, even the action sequences and the fight sequences, they're not very interesting. No. Like you said, but you only get that one showcase of Chuck Norris's karate skills. Yeah. And like none of the obvious comedy scenes, I think work very well. Like I said, the, like you said, the relationship between the two main characters is good, but the scenes that are definitely meant to be straight up comedy scenes aren't, don't work very well. And yeah, it's <laughs> no, I mean, really, you know, you want know movie I want to see. I want to see the movie where they gave the general, the scar. <laughs> Show me that. movie. I want to I see the movie where the general comes after him at the restaurant in Fiji. Yeah. Don't, don't, I don't want to see this movie. I want to see the movie that this is the sequel of. And the movie that was the sequel to this. Yeah, like this is this is the bad second chapter of maybe an interesting trilogy. Exactly, <laughs> you're exactly right. That's what this is. Like, it's it's not great. It's really not. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't ask. I forgot. But do you have any uh, role reversals for this? No, no, I don't have any role reversals for this. I couldn't find anything about this movie. Like. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot. I, I'm trying to see actually now because I forgot to check to see if there were. Oh, there is a tagline for this. Are you oh. are you curious as to what it is? Uh, yes. A pair of down and out fortune hunters cash in on high adventure. That's actually. It's not a. It's not bad. No, I, I mean I, I don't think it's bad. And like I said, I think they had it. I think they had an okay concept and idea i think they just didn't really follow through on it like i think yeah. if like 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 we've said and it, we are you know, repeating it but i think that the, the the basic idea and the characters are interesting they just made a boring derivative movie that's not great yeah but I, like i wouldn't mind seeing this movie if it were a better version of this movie <laughs> should they remake it who would you cast in the remake of this movie the remake of this it would have to be somebody you, you know it would have to be it would have to be something like jason statham and the rock or I like gonna, or I, was, I was gonna say like i could see this being a vehicle for the rock in kevin hart yeah this could totally be a rock kevin hart movie like this is basically like a jumanji movie but not good <laughs> you know what you're right that's really essentially what this is it's like jumanji but you know garbage this this to me is like a bad version of Jumanji and like a National Treasure movie. Yes, yes. It's yep. like those kind of movies done poorly and uninteresting. Is yep. how I feel. I agree. So. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because it's like they're kind of solving puzzles and looking for treasure, but like the treasure's confusing and the puzzles aren't interesting. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're right. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have anything else really that I need to pull out in this. I don't know if you're. Uh, you got everything off your chest. Yeah, no, I'm good. We should just rate this thing and be done with it. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. All right. Okay. Well, I think you and I both have a pretty good idea of where we're leading. Um, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. I'll let you go first. Okay. Yeah, this movie. Like, I like Chuck Norris and I like Louis Gossett Jr. together in this movie. Everything else is not good. It's just like not even it's not even bad good. It's not like um, uh, Invasion USA or mm-hmm. those parts of the Delta Force where, you know, the ass missiles, you know, it's not <laughs> like that. It's there's none of that in this movie at all. It's all mm-hmm. just dumb. Um so on the basis of just the relationship between those two, I'm going to give this one machine gun. Wow. One machine gun. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, if, it, if they had been worse, it would have been like half a machine gun. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not too far away from you on this because you're right. It's it, it's like it's one of those things where it's like the biggest sin that this movie to me commits is that it's just not interesting. It's like it's not that it doesn't. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just like going through the motions at like half speed, and it's like the characters could be interesting. But they're not. I mean, like their relationship is, but we don't learn enough about it for it to be fully explored. Um, it, it, it's it's a bad version of better films. Um, I, I, I didn't. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. I'll give it one and a half machine guns. Um, I didn't absolutely like hate it, but I was mainly just bored. But here's my follow up question for you. This is our third Chuck Norris movie. Yeah. How would you rank the three Chuck Norris movies? Chuck Norris movies that we've watched on the podcast uh inv- good. invasion usa is the best of the three and by best i mean it's just batshit crazy which makes it the best yes um mm-hmm. i would actually say this is better than delta force though mm-hmm. i agree with you on that i 100 percent agree with you on this because that's that's my ranking for him too because invasion usa is bad but it's so much fun that it's just it is completely... it's like it's fucking bananas yeah and like Delta Force was just not like it, it. It was not fun. It was way too long, and it just was not. It, there was nothing to me redeemable about that. Where this was like, it wasn't great, but if like I had to pick something to watch again, I'd pick this over Delta Force like two hundred yeah. times. You know what? Yeah, and another thing, maybe one and a half is probably an appropriate, a more appropriate rating, because at least this didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, it didn't execute well, but it wasn't trying. It wasn't trying to be anything than what it was. Like, it, it right. didn't do a good job of what it wanted to be. But it wasn't like Delta Force, where it was trying to be some serious war film, but ended up just being this weird propaganda thing. Like, this movie was like, "Hey, we want to do an action comedy in the vein of these other popular movies," and they did it poorly, and it didn't work out. But I mean, it's not like I said. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you're like, "Hey, you gotta watch this movie again." I don't plan on watching it again which is good because apparently you can't find it anymore yep so so good luck uh good luck last action podcast fans uh you're essentially going to have to pay 19 dollars on amazon to get a dvd copy of this (laughs) not not worth it no (laughs) i mean it was fine to watch for free and i'm glad now that i can say that hey i fight firewalker have you seen it yeah but I'm just saying right now, I'm going to be a little weary. I think we need to put Chuck Norris on the back burner for a bit because I, I'm a little worried now based on our three films that we've had to explore Chuck Norris with. I, I, it's not great. No. Well, no. I mean, Missing in Action is supposed to be like his big movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's maybe maybe a couple other ones like – I <laughs> no, I think Missing in Action is really his big one. That'll maybe be the next one we tackle then. Because, I mean, like, I feel like I, I he's such an icon of the genre that it's like we can't retire his movies completely. Right. But, but I feel like we've taken a decent sample at this point. Yeah, they're bad. Like Three, three, three of his well-known movies all kind of in different genres of action. An action oh, yeah, comedy, totally. a war, war movie. You know, we've taken a decent look at him so it's not like we're being unfair but i don't know i haven't connected with any of them yet but like i said i mean we're, we won't retire him completely because we got it i mean obviously based on xfinity he's got quite the catalog so yeah i mean we'll at some point get to uh, uh Sidekick. sidekicks yeah top get- dog top <laughs> dog wow <laughs> now another movie that they're like hey people like turner and hooch oh totally I've never seen Top Dog. But people, hey, people never. like Karate Kid. Let's do Sidekicks. I've never seen Sidekicks either. Neither have I. I haven't seen any of them. I, there's not a lot of Chuck Norris movies that I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the ones for this podcast. Yep. Uh, I saw that he was in The Expendables 2, and he has that memorable cameo in Dodgeball where he gives a thumbs up. Yep. And that's about it. I, I'm not. No, I think you're right. Like said, I'm not a big Chuck Norris fan, and so far, none of these movies have changed my mind. <laughs> nope. Sorry, Chuck Norris, if you're listening. He's not. <laughs> I guarantee you he's not. Um, all right. Well, I think we hit this movie hard enough. 
We did. I think we we covered it all. And like I said, I'm I'm, I'm slightly disappointed because, like I said, every time I'm like, this is going to be the one that breaks breaks through. And I really wanted this one to be. I when I watched the trailer, I was like, I think this could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, and it just didn't pay off. So it was it was disappointing, you know. But hey, we tried. Yeah. If you can find it, give it a watch. You won't find it. Yeah, you're <laughs> not gonna find it. And yeah, don't give it a watch. It's fine. You, yeah. you don't need to see this. Just go watch Invasion USA and you can see some crazy shit. And yeah, that'll I, be plenty for you. I think you can watch Invasion USA on Tubi for free. So, yeah, if you have an itch to watch a Chuck Norris movie, go with that one. So far, <laughs> yeah. We'll let you know about the others. We're not sure yet, but we'll that, let you know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I think we did it. Well, we are the last action podcast. Uh, we come to you every week on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, new episodes of our show come out on Mondays, uh, but you can also, uh, the GameZilla podcast or whatever you want to call it show, it actually streams on Twitch on Mondays and is available as a podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, Wednesdays, we have Noobs and Dragons starring our very own LPJ. Yep, we're, ra- uh, we're wrapping that up too, by the way. We, uh, we are in the home stretch, so uh, you got maybe maybe three more months total of episodes uh but we are wrapping things up very quickly on that uh on on season we've just wrapped up the intermission we are now wrapping up the season two proper episodes so uh get them while they're hot get them while they're hot uh and then on uh thursdays of course we have uh legend of retro with with our with our buddies chops and xander glitch and craig uh, we've been on the show. We do crossover with them. It's great. They talk about uh, old and kind of retro video games. It's a lot of fun. Yep. They, 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 they're constantly producing content. And I guarantee you can find a game that you're familiar with. And Absolutely. They've covered. Um, and then uh, Sundays, you have uh, Noiseland Arcade, yep. which is currently on hiatus, but it's our Simpsons podcast. And it's still there to go back if you want to listen to uh, yep. old And episodes. it'll be back at some point. They're just not exactly sure when. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird, you know, I mean, everyone kind of is scrambling. It's a weird time. Everyone knows that. So, I mean, heck, we took a month or two off to kind of figure things out. So, um, yeah. uh, Anything else uh, you want to cover? Did you want to check us out? uh, Well, first I want to say check us out on Instagram and uh, Twitch. Instagram, sorry, and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Check out our social media pages. We're we're always uh, on, like, I'm on Instagram a decent amount. Um, responding to fans I post mm-hmm. uh, maybe one or two posts a week if I can uh, mm-hmm. and I, if you if you message us on Instagram I guarantee you I will message you back or at least like what you have to say unless it's <laughs> something garbagey and then I won't like it um, yeah. check us out on Discord if you go to GameZillaMedia.com you can find a link to our Discord and uh, come chat with us like we are on Discord all the time you want to talk to us yeah. directly you can certainly do that through Discord there's a there's a there's a dedicated uh last action podcast channel, channel yep. and we're we're always checking it out so i mean that's a great place to get in touch with us to let us know what you think of an episode let us know if we're wrong about uh firewalker just let us know yep and if you really want to chat with us you can hit up our vip channel which is just for patrons so check us out on patreon uh at the dollar tier you get an extra vote in uh some of the some of the polls that we have, you get an extra show uh, called state of the Zilla where random members of GameZilla media get together and talk about random things. Uh, and if you join us at the $5 tier, you get extra shows from all of the shows on the GameZilla media network, such as our show with the post credit scene. You get uh, game shark from uh, legend of retro. Uh, you get all kinds of stuff. We're, we're always putting up content there for the patrons and, um, you know, it helps us out because it helps keep the lights on. It helps uh, helps keep uh, keep us being able to use our editing equipment that we have to rent. Um, it just generally helps us out, and we really appreciate it. So, patrons, thank you for your support. Um, and uh, and if you're not a patron, please uh, consider joining. We would appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, other than that, I'd say we're pretty good. What do you think? I think we got it. All Nailed right. it. Another another. Another classic, 100%. classic, all time classic, classic movie, <laughs> classic episode. Uh, <laughs> this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. 
but will be back.